The following program is a paid advertisement. The broadcast of this program does not represent an endorsement by WHLG-FM or Horizon Broadcasting of the products or views expressed herein. The following show was pre-recorded. Good morning, Florida. The Financial Truths. I am your host, John Wilkinson, and today we're going to take a step back for Credit 101. So in the past, I had talked about like how to dispute and per, like personal information off of your credit. We call factual disputing off of your credit reports. And then I also did a segment and some advanced credit disputing techniques, right? So, but then I was thinking about it and I was like, well, actually we kind of need to rewind here to get you a basics, general basics of how credit scores work and even how the credit bureaus came about, things of that nature, right? So that's what we're going to focus on today. So as you know, which I mentioned here before, Credit Solution Programs, our nonprofit credit education and credit counseling company, which you can find at creditproblemsolve.org. We're always trying to teach the community about life skills when it comes to their personal and business credit. Right? So with that said, I was thinking that we take a step back and look at, hey, where does this credit scores come from? Why do I get different credit scores? The different common questions that we hear in the streets today that I hear every day pretty much and that our representatives hear all the time as well. So with that said is when we take a back and look at the history of the United States, we look at in the 1800s, which is, was technically not that long ago in prospects of everything, we have what they call the welcome wagon, right? So this is where, you know, so when a lender, such as a bank there, would lend out their money, they would ask, like, the community, you know, who the community gossiper was of, like, hey, do you know this person? And, you know, so it was, like, personal references in that community in order for that lender to lend out money to you. But if you were a newcomer and you did not have the references, then, you know, they wouldn't lend out to you because they didn't know who you were. You were a stranger to the community. And then in 1906, well, the credit bureaus uh, created what they called ABC, the Associated Credit Bureaus. This was like a trade association that they created, you know, kind of to, like, industrialize, make it more common for credit to be, you know, shared throughout the country. And so that spread out throughout the country. And then in 71, the government, of course, federal government had to start regulating it, right? So with any industry in this country, it has to be regulated by the federal government and even the states at point at times because, you know, we don't want to get out of control and, you know, we want to protect the consumers, So in 71 was the Fair Credit Reporting Act. You know, that says that everything has to be accurate, verifiable, and has to comply with the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which is, you know, certain things uh, dropping off every credit. You know, it's seven years from the date uh, the item goes into default, and then it's 10 years if it was a positive item from the date closed. So that's the normal when it drops off the credit. 
And then, so in the 80s, FICA, which had already been out for some time, but was not like industrialized. It was more in like the business side. And then that came out in the 80s for the individual person so that lenders would have like a kind of more of a guideline to go by of the credit scores. So they would just get a three-digit code or three-digit number, shall I say, of what your risk would be. So the higher the score, the less the risk and so forth. And so then the Vantage score came along. This was probably this was up in the 2000s. And so because the credit bureaus have, was trying to compete with FICO, because FICO is its own separate company, right? So you have to understand that these are all private, federal-regulated companies, right? So FICO being a credit score algorithm, which is just a, a fancy way of saying a loan math formula, <laughs> that they calculate the credit score based off of data that's on the credit reports, so the credit bureaus, you know, were trying to compete against FICO by coming up with their own score. And then they got together, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, to create the Vantage score. And this is the score that you see today when it comes to credit karma, credit sesame. So you have to look at what the credit scoring model is um, in order to be able to dictate what you're looking at when it comes to that score. And so when the Vanta score first came out, it was 510 to 990. And then the calculations is, of course, broken down different percentage-wise than the FICO credit score. So the FICO credit score, which is simple to me anyway, is a 3530, 151010. That's the calculation that makes up the FICO credit score with Vanta score being different calculation, the 32, 23, 15, 13, 10, and 7. So, which you can find online. And so, then they came out with a later version they called the Vantage Score 2.0, which went to 300 to 850 on the scoring model. Well, that looked pretty similar, right, to the FICO credit scoring model, right? Exact same numbers. But again, you know, FICO got upset and tried to take them to court, but... You know, the, the uh, courts knocked it down because their calculation of that FICO credit score or that credit score was different than the FICO calculation. And they said, well, just, it's just a range, so therefore, you know, they let it go. And so now the FICO, I mean, sorry, the Vantage scores, 300 to 850, just calculated differently. And so as we go along, you're going to see different versions. It's the same thing with the FICO credit score. You know, when you get a home loan, you're looking at the old FICO credit score, like a version 2, 3, and 5, versus we're in FICO 10 now. So you have to look at the version that you're, when you're looking at the score, what version of that credit scoring model and the scoring model that you're looking at. So just to get that over, so now that you've got an understanding of kind of how the credit scores came about, so it came about in the 80s to give lenders an idea, a quick idea of risk model. So then, of course, how do these credit bureaus make their money, right? So they're private companies, right? And they're regulated. 
Well, they're collecting all of these, this data from the creditors, which is free data they're getting. And to me, I think it's not right because I never signed anything allowing the credit bureaus to sell my data to anybody. Right. So what you can go to the optoutprescreen.com to help you stop getting that pre-approval information in the mail all the time like I do. And so I always opt out of that and they give you a five year or a permanent opt out. So I highly recommend that. And so but the way the credit bureaus make their money, which is millions and millions of dollars in profit. And it was like $275 million when I was looking at this report, which was a handful of years ago. So it's much more than that now. So the way they work is they collect your data. So you sign up with um, Capital One. Capital One reports that data to the credit bureaus. So if you didn't have a credit file, and then then Capital One reported that data that would create your credit file right there. So that's if you didn't have one already. But if you had one, have one, then it's going to get added to that. And so this is how the file or your data gets to the credit bureaus. And hence, you open another credit card or another loan or something, and it gets reported as well. And so they're collecting all this free data, and then they're selling that data to marketing companies, um, other credit card companies, and so forth. So if I'm a marketing company and I'm trying to market, like, say, you know, this credit card that, you know, um, has an interest rate, high interest rate, maybe an annual fee, it's for people starting up on credit, I would say, hey, credit bureau, give me everybody in this area with these credit scores or with a, a, a slim credit file and give me their information. So they'll give the, the list of names and the addresses and so forth. And so that's how they make their money. They're selling that data for marketing and for different purposes to other companies. So, and they're collecting it for free. And so the reason the creditors want to share this information to the credit bureaus is because they feel like it makes you more financially obligated to them because if you don't pay them and they report you as late or as default and it's reported on your credit, then it's going to affect you a great deal versus if they don't report it at all. So that's the deal. So anyway, I hope you kind of get a good understanding of kind of how, where the credit bureaus and where the credit score started off and why. So we'll be back and we'll get more details about the Credit 101 system. This is John Wilkinson with the Financial Truths. We'll be back. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the nonprofit Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida, by teaching youth to fish, restoring our coral reefs, and funding research on fish populations. The Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida is working to ensure the Sunshine State remains a fishing paradise for generations to come. Learn more at wildlifeflorida.org. That's wildlifeflorida.org. Looking for faith-based solutions to challenges you're experiencing in your life? Meet Reverend Dr. Sean Alexander, who's been recognized as the head of Chaplains International. 
He is a member of the clergy, a diplomat of the National Board of Christian Clinical Therapists, a board-certified supervisor, and a presidential member of the American Association of Christian Counseling. Dr. Sean can provide pastoral counseling and coaching for adults and children. As a Christian, there is nothing more important than to walk the path that God has for you in your life and business, and to achieve the things that Christ has for you in your life. To book a pastoral counseling appointment, please visit drseanalexander.org. Are you looking for health care that fits your busy life? One Share Health is a Christian health care sharing ministry whose mission it is to inspire healthy communities and provide options to share the cost of health care. Here's one of our valued members to share her experience. What I like most about One Share Health is the affordability, the ease of use, the customer service. I had one experience with telemedicine and that was incredible. I was traveling. I realized I was coming down with something. So I called them. They indicated that a doctor would be calling me in the next few hours. My phone rang in like 15 minutes. We went through all my symptoms. They found the nearest pharmacy and went ahead and called in my prescription. Everything was done between 30 and 45 minutes. Our listeners will receive 40% off their enrollment fee and unlimited access to telemedicine with a $0 consult fee. Visit OneShareFish.com or call 833-655-0941 to learn more about our medical sharing family. Our Legal Plans offers toll-free phone consultation on personal legal matters, letters phone calls, will preparation and more. All Legal Plans provide a guaranteed 10 to 25% discount on legal services not otherwise covered by the plan. We realize how difficult it can be to keep a business going in today's market. Having an attorney available for the legal situations known to arise in the business environment gives peace of mind to run a business with less worry. The Business Legal Plan can help with contract and document review debt collection, contract disputes, trial defense, partnerships, consumer fraud, workers' compensation, incorporation, and much more. Call 772-348-4011 for more information. Again, that's 772-348-4011. Everyone at Fish307.com would like to take a moment to thank you, their customers, for your business and trust throughout the years, which have allowed Fish307 to become one of the worldwide leaders in the recreational fishing industry. Fish307.com is your number one resource to take care of all your fishing tackle needs and so much more. On their website, you can also find great tips and tricks to make your fishing experiences more fun. Check them out at Fish307.com today. They have all kinds of great values waiting, so remember Fish307.com. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Good morning, Florida, The Financial Truths. I am your host, John Wilkinson, and today we are discussing credit, personal credit 101. Before we went to break, I was discussing about how the credit bureaus make their money. And so it's very simple. They collect your data from the creditors because when you sign something with the creditor, it probably says that they can share your information. And so hence, they share your information with the credit bureaus. The credit bureaus get your information and then they share it or shall I say sell it 
for profits, right, to marketing companies. Hence, think if you're a big credit card company or a mortgage company or, you know, let's say you're a mortgage company, this happens a lot. So you're a mortgage company, and so you go to the credit bureaus and you say, anytime somebody gets a mortgage inquiry, a hard inquiry on their credit, we want to know about it. So that means the person's shopping, obviously, for a mortgage. Right. So what happens is as soon as somebody gets an inquiry on their credit, you know, let's say I go to my bank or I go to a mortgage broker and they pull a mortgage credit report because it's going to be coded as mortgage. Right. Credit report. And therefore, the credit bureau is going to know that it came from a mortgage company or, you know, a company that's in the mortgage field. And so therefore, they usually pull a tri merge with all three credit bureaus. Right. And so then that get triggers with the credit bureaus. Hey, this company, other mortgage company, wants this data, right? So they'll say, okay, well, John Wilkinson just applied for a home loan. And so then they call out to me and say, you know, try to market me to get, oh, we get a lower rate. We got less closing fees, things of that nature. So that's another way that the credit bureaus get Paid, and it's a multi-million dollar industry selling your personal information, where you at, you know, your location, what your credit score range is. I mean, it's not going to go to in the details of like your account numbers and something with other uh, account, you know, accounts that you have or other creditors, but it's going to give you your basic information for them to solicit you, and so that's how it works, and so. You know, about when it comes to the credit bureaus, the you're costing the credit bureaus every time you write a letter to the credit bureaus requesting your a copy of your free credit report, which is annual. So now they have to print it out, mail it to you, which is all probably computerized, but still cost the money for that. It costs money for the paper, costs money for the envelope, costs money for the for the postage, right? And so they rather do it digital. And so they'll say, you know, ask your, for your email so they'll try to get you to opt in. Please do not opt in because if you opt in, they're going to send you your results via email, and that's going to save them money, right? So don't opt in. Get the paperwork. And then so if you get the paperwork and put it in your file cabinet or even scan it and put it in your computer, now you have more of a paper trail, right? And so you have to think that 70% of the disputes, if not less, that the credit bureaus get is actually for consumers. The other 30-plus percent is actually from credit repair companies, right? So they're trying to find these credit repair companies to not, you know, to try to shut them down, so to speak, because if they're not getting the results – then the clients are not going to be happy, and they're not going to be in business for very long, right? So they have a system here. So when your letter gets to them, it goes, everything's usually electronic as far as opening your envelope all the way to reading the letter and to get it into a three-digit code, a dispute code, right, for the computer system to send out through the automated verification system that goes to that creditor for them to verify that information, right? And then they click the button, say it's verified or not, or it's accurate or not, and then it goes back to the credit bureaus, and then that's how you get a printout to your 
sent out to you. And so that's kind of how the system works. So you got to think every time you send in a dispute, you cost the money from all of that. So they don't like that. They don't like credit repair companies either because it costs them money. Right. So let's talk about identity theft. Now, identity theft is huge in this country. Huge. Why is it so huge? Well, because Experian and a lot of these other credit bureaus, they want you to be afraid. They want you to go get credit monitoring. So you're paying every month. Right. So they're making money off of that because they're supplying the data to those third party credit monitoring companies. If you're not going directly to the credit bureaus to get the credit monitoring and they usually want the paid part. Right. So that's how they're making money as well, because they're only verifying seven out of your nine social security digits when it comes to verification. And guess what? Those seven do not have to be in a sequence order. As long as there's seven of those nine within that social security number and you have a name that is similar or matches as well, then that's how they're going to match you. So if you're a junior and a senior, right, if I have a child and I call him John Wilkinson Jr., and he has seven of the nine digits, it's very, very easy for that data to get it's called mixed files. So his information gets mixed with mine and vice versa, right? And it happens all the time, right? This is what we call mixed files. And then, you know, we go into other complications where you have multiple files, but we're not going to go there for right now. <laughs> so, but you got to think with the credit bureaus, now, say they're selling your data, right? Okay, so would you think the higher your credit scores, the more they sell your data for, or the less your credit scores they sell, your, the more they sell your data? Well, of course, the people with the lower scores, they're going to sell the data for a higher amount. The reason being is because they know the creditors are subprime type creditors. They're going to charge a higher interest rate, an annual fee, or whatever the case may be. So they're going to sell that information at a higher rate versus somebody with an 800 credit score, right? Because the, the data with that person with an 800 credit score to solicit them, to get them to sign up, what are you going to offer them? You've got to offer them some good rates and some good terms, right, for them to get this, to sign up with you. So, so that's, they know, you know, they know over the years. They've been doing this for years, and that's how they make millions and millions of dollars off of us. They make it, they're trying to scare you with identity theft. Why, you don't, why do you think Experian does not participate with Credit Karma, right? They're, you know, you see Equifax and TransUnion, but where's Experian? We still have, they're, they're out of the picture because they want you to sign up with them. They want you to sign up with their credit monitoring and the dark web. I actually had a customer call me. What is the dark web, John? What is this dark web about hearing about? I said, oh, my goodness. That is a marketing trick. I mean, whoever thought about that, you know, who came up with that is probably made a lot of money. The dark web. Listen, guys, it's the Internet. It's just the regular web. Right. And they call it the dark web because, you know, yes, you do have hackers and you got, you know, phishing scams and all kind of different tactics on, on the uh, computer but listen the dark web is the internet just <laughs> you know so that you know that all right so 
you got to think the lower credit scores, the high, the more money they make. And then out these disputes, when they disputes, they're going to try to make it electronic and automated as possible. Now, when they have to get somebody to open up the envelopes, who you think they're going to get to open those? It's not going to be an American that they're paying $25 an hour. No, it's going to be somebody in India or the Philippines, right, that they outsource that, that that they're only getting like a dollar an hour or so. So then they're going to save money that way versus doing it here within the United States. And they're allowed to do that, right? So, you know, and then I even watched a uh, documentary where they're interviewing, right, these Filipinos that work for the credit bureaus to for the disputes. Well, they were in this little room that had no facts, no computer, um, no, no, sorry, they did have a computer because they had to put in, but it was only a certain platform, right? And then they had no phone. So it was like they had no way of verifying the disputes. They're just supposed to open the letter, figure out um, what disputes up about, put a, th- a three-digit code in, and move on to the next one. And then they had quotas. They had to do so many per minute, per hour, and so forth. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So just to kind of give you an idea, an overview of what is really going on here, right? Uh, and so it gets more complicated when we're talking about credit scores. You got the 300 to 850. You got the different uh, scoring models being FICO and Vantage. And then you got the different versions that goes through in every period and every so often. And then we get even more complicated with what they call scoring cards, which I'll go into in a little bit more detail so you just kind of have an overview of that when we come back. This is John Wilkinson with the Financial Truths. We'll be back. The Fish Florida Association is here for you during these difficult times. When you join FFA, they'll work together with you to help your business with exposure, promotion, advertising, marketing, and services that will save your company hundreds if not thousands of dollars or just a $375 annual fee, which can be broken up into payments for your convenience. To join, just go to fishfloridaassociation.com or give them a call at 561 900 Hey folks, this is Captain Terry here to talk to you about Hooked on Heroes. Hooked on Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. 100% of donations go to take veterans on fishing trips. Hooked on Heroes takes 250 to 300 veterans on one-day fishing trips twice a year. You can donate to this great cause through their website at hookedonheroes.com or call Ron at 386-364-9589. That's Ron at 386-364-9589. They need your help getting rods and reels and leader and other fishing items for these fishing trips. All the veterans at Hooked on Heroes want to thank you in advance for your support. Is your credit less than perfect? Worried about getting ripped off by a credit repair company? Look no further. Credit Solution Programs is a non-profit credit education and consumer advocates company with credit score improvement service that uses consumer credit rights under federal and state laws. Visit our site at creditproblemsolve.org or call 866 850-9360. Again, creditproblemsolve.org or call 866-850-9360. 
During these difficult times, the National Single Parents Resource Center has expanded to help anyone who would like to get the facts to deal with everyday challenges, especially during this pandemic. If you or someone you know needs a caring and compassionate ear or someone to talk to, please reach out to our vendor, Coach Judy, who has been honored nationally for her work and coaching. Please give her a call at 561-441-8557 or visit her site at coachjudy.info. I am a veteran. I spent two years alone and homeless. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. My victory was finding the support to get back on my feet. DAV helps veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran. When I got out, I felt like nowhere was safe. So veterans can reach victories, great and small. My victory was finding the help I needed. Thanks to DAV, now I feel like I'm human again. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Thanks much to our sponsor, New Concept Lures. They hold over seven U.S. patents, and all lures are unique in design and American-made. You can even have custom lures made to meet your needs. Visit New Concept Lures at newconceptlures.com, and you can also find them on the Fish Florida mobile app. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. I'm, we'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, Florida, the financial truths. I'm your host, John Wilkinson, talking about Credit 101 today. And so before we went to break, I was talking about how the credit bureaus, being Equifax Experience TransUnion, make their millions and millions of dollars in profits year after year after year, right? So... The way they do that is selling your information. Simple as that. They collect it for free, and then they sell it to marketing companies and and other, all kind of companies, mortgage companies. Anybody that pretty much wants to sell it in your company you could probably get uh, some information. But, of course, they want to sell it in bulk, right? Because if you want went to them and you want 100 people information, <laughs> they're probably going to say, well, we have a, a limited uh, number um, so anyway, and then we talked about identity theft, how the credit bureaus are only verifying seven of your nine digits of your social and not even in a particular sequence, right? And so this is why I say be careful naming your child a junior and so forth or similar names in the family because if you have seven out of nine digits and similar names, you can get mixed files and cross data, Right. Speaking of which, how does the credit bureaus have more credit files in the United States than there are people in the United States? 
Oh, that's a good one, right? So, because you can have multiple files on one person. We actually had an individual trying to get a home loan some years back that had five credit files. And so how it happened, it's like, you know, the different names that were put in because you got to think, you know, he was Haitian. Yeah, his name was a little kind of different way it was spelt and so forth. And so, but it wind up getting five different credit files. So we wind up having to get them all merged together. So everything was reporting accurately and verify, you know, and so forth. So he can get the financing because he had impeccable credit. He just had to get it all together, you know, instead of some reporting over there and some reporting on this other file. And so that happens a lot, right? And so, and then if you send a dispute to the credit bureaus, you know, a lot of times they're looking for to try to get you to give up as soon as possible so that you might get a letter saying oh we received this response but we don't recognize who you are send some identity right so yeah you want to send you know something with your current address uh that you know so if you send a utility bill it has to be within the last 90 days so if it's older than that they're going to reject it all right and something with your social on there such as your social security card it could be um a tax return w2 something and so forth and so you got to send that to to verify who you are but they're looking for you to give up maybe they'll send you a frivolous letter saying oh you know, we received a letter that seems to be frivolous, might have come from, you know, not coming from you, maybe from a credit repair company and so forth. All right. So they're using a system. They're looking for templates. Right. So because if you have a credit repair company, a lot of them use a template, you know, and over and over. And so they have the computer system that's reading those letters. And so if they start recognizing the same language and the same format over and over, then they're going to start marketing as frivolous because then they know they're, they're suspecting that it's coming from a credit repair company. And so they're not even going to investigate. They're going to kick it out as frivolous. So you have to, you know, watch out when it comes to templates, right? So this is a, a big thing when it comes to templates. You want to write your own letter. Just, you know, it's got to be basic information. Hey, here's the account. Here's the account number. And this is the problem with it. And I want you to either correct it or remove it. Simple as that. Right? Do not get in this big detail about this happened or that happened. They... <laughs> It's not going to help. It's not going to help. You know, they're going to bullet down to that three-digit dispute code, no matter if you write uh, a one-sentence dispute or a 10-page dispute on one item. It's, it's going to amount to the same thing. So do yourself a favor. And do not quote the different regulations because that's going to make – Again, that it looked like maybe from a credit repair company or whatever, you know, you start quoting uh, Fair Credit Reporting Act statutes and things of that nature, you know, it, it, it might get marked as frivolous, you know, just keep it general, be nice, and say what you got to say, and keep it simple, right? And so... You know, if you do get a frivolous response, hey, you know, make sure, again, you rewrite or write back the letter, you know, send back another letter and respond to it so, you know, they don't cut you out because, you know, they're trying to because they know people are busy. They know people are busy and you're trying to do this yourself. 
you know, you're trying to do everything you have to do in life, day-to-day operations, and then you have to deal with this on top of it. And, you know, sometimes it gets put on the back burner. Life happens. And we all know that, right? And that's why we're here to educate the community, right, about what the common person does not know. And so this, again, is talking about when we come back to your credit. Now, there are what they call credit scoring cards, right? Scoring cards. So just to kind of give you a quick, you know, uh, rundown of how this happens or how this works, right? So it, it dictates your credit score as well. Yes, you had the 35, 30, 15, 10, 10, but it gets more complicated than that, right? So let's say you have not, everything on your credit is perfect. Like you never had a late payment, no defaults, anything else. So they'll put you into like a scorecard. So they'll say they have like, I think 12 scorecards now. So maybe you'll get put in scorecard number one with everybody that does not have any derogatories or late payments or anything on their credit, you know, that's have established credit within the last, you know, at least six months. Because if you're starting brand new and you open a secure credit card or an account today, um, you're not going to have a credit score for six months. It takes six months for your first account before you can have a credit score, right? So, Anyway, with your scoring cards, right, so, but let's say you're with somebody, you had a bankruptcy, right? It doesn't matter when you had the bankruptcy. If it's still reporting on your credit, you had the bankruptcy. So they'll put you on scorecard number 12, right? And so with everybody in those scorecards is how they look at the person with the highest score or with the best information and the person with the worst information, and they do the calculation based off of that, Right, and that kind of affects your score as well by getting put into a different scorecard. So this is why people say, "Oh, well, I got perfect credit, and I just had this one thirty-day late. I missed the payment. I was on vacation, or I slipped my mind, or I switched bank accounts, whatever the case may be. But man, my score went down like a hundred points, or eighty points, or you know, something dramatic." Well, that's why it went down so much, not only because of that 35% mark, right, uh, paying your bills on time is 35% of your FICO credit score, but you also just got moved out of the perfect credit scorecard, so to speak, right, because now you have a late payment. Now you're not going to get pulled out of that scorecard that has the people with no lates and no defaults into another scorecard with people with maybe some lates and and so forth. So that's another reason your score made a took a dip as much as it did. So, so as you know, it gets a little bit more complicated as we go on. So again, you know, you run, you send in disputes. It goes through a system, the eOscar system, where it's called an optical character recognition system that looks uh, reads pretty much your letter, uh, tries to determine the what you're disputing, puts it in a three-digit code, right? Sends it via an ACDV, which is an automated consumer dispute verification. So that is what gets sent out or the system it's called that gets sent to the creditor. Then it's the creditor's responsibility to 
investigate the dispute, right, even though the Fair Credit Reporting Act says it's the credit bureau's responsibility, but then the credit bureaus put it on the creditors. And so whatever the creditors say, then that's what the credit bureaus come back with. So if the credit bureau, the creditors does not respond to that system within 30 days, then it's automatic deletion. Um, if they come back and say um, they can't verify the account, then, of course, it's going to get deleted. Um, if they say that, oh, we don't no longer have the account, it got sold off to so-and-so, well, then the credit bureau will look at the date they last updated and make sure it doesn't cross date with when they sold it. Right? Maybe they'll correct it, or maybe they'll delete the account in its entirety. Who knows? Right? So, but that's kind of how the process goes. And so you got to remember, when it gets deleted, it's just suppressed. So it's not ever really removed from the credit. But as soon as something changes on the credit, your scores change right away. It's instant, instantaneous. There's no delay. So no delay whatsoever. All right, so I hope you got a kind of a understanding and a and a visual of how it all works. Um, this is John Wilkinson with the Financial Truths, and we'll be back. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the nonprofit Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida, by teaching youth to fish, restoring our coral reefs, and funding research on fish populations. The Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida is working to ensure the Sunshine State remains a fishing paradise for generations to come. Learn more at wildlifeflorida.org. That's wildlifeflorida.org. Our legal plans offers toll-free phone consultation on personal legal matters, letters slash phone calls, will preparation and more. All legal plans provide a guaranteed 10 to 25% discount on legal services not otherwise covered by the plan. We realize how difficult it can be to keep a business going in today's market. Having an attorney available for the legal situations known to arise in the business environment gives peace of mind to run a business with less worry. The business legal plan can help with contract and document review, debt collection, contract disputes, trial defense, partnerships, consumer fraud, workers' compensation, incorporation, and much more. Call 772-348-4011 for more information. Again, that's 772-348-4011. Looking for faith-based solutions to challenges you're experiencing in your life? Meet Reverend Dr. Sean Alexander, who's been recognized as the head of Chaplains International. He is a member of the clergy, a diplomat of the National Board of Christian Clinical Therapists, a board-certified supervisor, and a presidential member of the American Association of Christian Counseling. Dr. Sean can provide pastoral counseling and coaching for adults and children. As a Christian, there is nothing more important than to walk the path that God has for you in your life and business, and to achieve the things that Christ has for you in your life. To book a pastoral counseling appointment, please visit drshawnalexander.com. Are you looking for health care that fits your busy life? OneShare Health is a Christian health care sharing ministry whose mission it is to inspire healthy communities and provide options to share the cost of health care. Here's one of our valued members to share her experience. What I like most about OneShare Health is the affordability, the ease of use, the customer service. I had one experience with telemedicine and that was incredible. I was traveling. I realized I was coming down with something. So I called them. They indicated 
decided that a doctor would be calling me in the next few hours. My phone rang in like 15 minutes. We went through all my symptoms. They found the nearest pharmacy and went ahead and called in my prescription. Everything was done between 30 and 45 minutes. Our listeners will receive 40% off their enrollment fee and unlimited access to telemedicine with a $0 consult fee. Visit OneShareFish.com or call 833-655-0941 to learn more about our medical sharing family. Everyone at Fish307.com would like to take a moment to thank you, their customers, for your business and trust throughout the years, which have allowed Fish307 to become one of the worldwide leaders in the recreational fishing industry. Fish307.com is your number one resource to take care of all your fishing tackle needs and so much more. On their website, you can also find great tips and tricks to make your fishing experiences more fun. Check them out at Fish307.com today. They have all kinds of great values waiting, so remember Fish307.com. I'm Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford Mustang. Have you ever been in a hurry to get somewhere? When ding, your tire pressure light comes on? Properly inflated tires are essential to the health of your car and can help keep you driving safely. Check your tire pressures every month, especially before long road trips, or stop by your neighborhood tire retailer for help. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. Good morning, Florida. The Financial Truths. I am your host, John Wilkinson, and today we are discussing Credit 101, Personal Credit 101. So if you're just tuning in, we're taking a step back because, you know, I kind of got into it, it in some other uh, programs or shows about basic disputing and then some more advanced stuff. And so I kind of wanted to take a step back and like give you guys a general idea of kind of where the credit scores all came from and these credit bureaus and how the system works and so forth. And so I really hope you're really getting a full picture of how all this really works with the identity theft or the scare of them, the seven out of nine digits of your social security number being uh, for verifying your data, how they have more credit files than people in the United States, uh, which is, which is uh, strange to me. I mean – more than adults and children combined, more they have more U.S. credit files. Um, and so, anyway, if you have an issue with your credit and you tried, you sent a dispute and it came back verified or whatever, and you know you're right, you know, you know you're right, you know, you know it's not your account or they're reporting incorrectly or something, and you're not getting anywhere, then, of course, you're welcome to reach out to us at creditproblemsolve.org, right? Or you can file a complaint against the credit bureaus with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. That's the CFPB. And you can file it, I believe, with the Federal Trade Commission, FTC.gov, FTC.gov. Now, the Better Business Bureau is a private organization. You know, they are regulated, of course, like any other organization in the United States. But they are a for-profit company, so, and they're the government regulated, so they're not a government company. But, yes, you can file a complaint with them, and they will go out and, you know, uh, to pursue your uh, complaint, but again, you'll get more bang for your buck with the CFPB, which is a government agency. Right? So if you're having and you continue to have issues, then, of course, reach out to a consumer protection attorney. 
Consumer protection attorneys do not cost you anything. They will take your case on contingency as long as you have a case, of course. So they're going to review everything to make sure you have a case. And if you do, then they're going to take it on on contingency. If you don't, they're going to tell you probably when, why you don't have a case and what you need to do to get a case. So that's a great resource, right, to have. Unlike, you know, trying to find your local credit repair uh, company that you don't know is a fly-by-night or not. So reach out to a reputable company or I should say a nonprofit in most matters when it comes to credit assistance as well. So you can always reach out to us as well for that. And so we would also like to tell you that, you know, with the credit bureaus, you know, it's very easy to start to establish your credit. So let's take a step back. So if you have kids, you know, and or a teenager or even a young adult child, you know, well, we'll call him a child, be a young adult, <laughs> then, you know, it's easily established credit for them because you can get them at one, a secure credit card, right? So a lot of times the way you secure credit card, you put down the money to secure the card, Right. And it's just going to work just like a regular card. It's going to report to your credit, whatever you charge. They're going to send you a bill. I recommend that you pay it off in full each and every time. And then if you use it responsibly for X amount of time, depending on what the creditor says, then usually they'll give you your money back and then unsecure it. But it's still when it reports to your credit being secured or unsecured, it does not matter if it's secured or unsecured, when it comes to the credit scores. The credit scores do not look at what's written there in the remarks section about it being unsecured or secured. They're looking at how old is the account, what's your limit, what's your balance, and so forth, right, when it comes to that, the credit scoring model, right? So, and then another simple way, of course, is AU, authorized user. So you can add the child to your card as an authorized user, and a lot of times that will report onto the child's credit, either establishing the credit report if there was one never established or credit file, or even helping their credit if there was already one established. Right, so that will report. Now, when it comes to American Express, the American Express will report as if it was just opened on the authorized user's credit report. Unlike Capital One, Chase, they're going to report the entire history of when it was first actually opened, not when the authorized user was added. Now, there are some banks, such as like Bank of America, they quit reporting authorized users because of there was an industry or kind of a, I don't know, there were people selling authorized users. They would say, hey, you can get added to my account as an authorized user if you give me so much money. You know, which, of course, was kind of fraudulent in a way. So, but it is completely legal for you to add people as authorized users and vice versa. You know, it's just when it gets into technicalities of getting an authorized user added to inflate your credit score. And therefore, you would get a, getting a loan that you normally wouldn't be approved for. Therefore, the creditor could, and you defaulted, the creditor's part could come back, you know, and say you defrauded them as well because of the way you did, added the authorized user and so forth. So there are case laws like that. So just, you know, 
fair warning of that. But authorized users are completely legal. To me, they're a great thing because you got to remember, years ago, the wife stayed at home and the man worked and they could support the family and everything. Well, then the, there was an issue with the woman not having credit because she stayed at home and didn't have the job. And so that's how the authorized users came about. Right. So the husband would add the uh, wife and then, of course, the wife could use a card and also be reported on her credit and establish their credit. And then, of course, people figured out like later on how they could, you know, um, use a loophole in the system. Right. To what we call piggybacking or adding uh, authorized users. But it's completely legal and just do it the right way. That's all I'm saying. So. When you do things the right way, right, then you can sleep peacefully. Um, positive stuff will come to you more easily because you don't have that negativity hanging over or you, you know, because you didn't do the right thing to begin with, right? And so this is why we preach that positive energy attracts like positive energy. So if you always, you know, it's free to smile. So if you walk into a room and you smile, even though you're not filling up to it, it makes a difference, right? And it could even make you feel better just smiling or making yourself laugh. There's are different techniques that li- that uh, release chemicals in your brain called serotonin and endorphins and so forth, right? But I'm not a psychologist, so. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, I tried it. It makes me feel better. I recommend that you try it. And, you know, we like positive things and education, so, because I created or I made it my mission for to get this information out about Credit 101 because I'm from Generation X and there was no nothing, there was no classes in schools or college or anything else. And then, then I asked my parents about this credit and, oh, just pay your bills on time, son, you'll be okay. Wow. And so then I had to learn the hard way and figure it out and get the credit monitoring and pay for it and do this and do that and see what affected my credit score and, you know, and then figure out what was fact from fiction. Sad, right? So life skills, there's a void in our life skills. So please, if you're an educator, if you're an adult, please pass it forward of the information, of the correct information that is, Right, that you obtained in this lifetime, because that's all we have when we leave this world. That's all you have is the memory of you, right? Whatever your beliefs may be, that is. So be positive, play it forward, and be a you know an example of your community, right? So go to creditproblemsolved.org if you are still trying to figure out the puzzle, the credit puzzle, because we all have it broken down. Just go to our resources. We have videos. We have articles of the correct information about personal credit. And then when it comes to business credit, we have another site called buildyoubusinesscredit.com. This will teach you and tell you everything you need to know about business credit. And of course, you can always reach out to us. So if you have any questions, go to, please email us at questions at creditproblemsolve.org. And we will either reach out to you and answer those questions or even announce it here on our show. So this is the Financial Truth with John Wilkinson, your host. Thank you for listening. 
This has been a Fish Florida Media Group production.